Welcome to the Lessons for Living television program. My name is Bill Santos. Thank you so much for watching. We have a special program for you today. We've invited one of our guests. You will know him, Dr. Barry Bussey, to discuss some of the ongoing legal situations that where law and religion seem to intersect. And so I want to start the program by welcoming Dr. Bussey to the program. It's great to be with you, Bill. It's great to have you back here again. We always yeah. uh, look forward to your insights and uh, uh, particularly on these uh, issues of religious liberty and religious freedom and freedom of speech. Now, mm. uh, for the benefit of our viewers, you've had some major changes in your life since you were last uh, with us. Yes. You have gone and started up uh, a foundation called First Freedoms Foundation. Mm. You left employment that you had, what, 10 years? 10 years, yeah. yeah, yeah. The, the, sort of the stability of, an, <laughs> of employment to venture on. And so why would, what prompted you to take this leap and go out on your own and begin First, uh, First Freedoms Foundation? Yeah, well, Bill, it's, uh, it's been quite the journey for sure. Um, and one that's, uh, I would say, it's a bit of the entrepreneurial spirit, you know, to just kind of move out. Uh, but what happened is for me over the last couple of years, especially as the COVID um, pandemic uh, developed, that I was becoming increasingly uncomfortable with the loss of freedoms going on in this country. Okay. And I, it, it, it started out, you know, uh, really from the very beginning. I remember in March of 2020, coming back from a trip out visiting our daughter and family and um, just, just the state of siege that we were as a society on the plane, on everything everyone was talking about. If anyone sneezed, everyone was looking. I mean, it right, was just this, right. this really uh, frightened state of affairs. And then uh, quickly, government began implementing various lockdowns and measures and so forth. And um, uh, we were all in a state of uncertainty, right? I mean, for yes. the first uh, number of weeks, it was like, okay, so we need to do these things right. in order to um, you know, ensure that we're not going to be uh, causing harm to our neighbor. And as Christians, that's, that's, a, that's an important issue. We need to do that. And then um, we had all kinds of reports coming out of Britain and other places that saying that, uh, you know, the, the computer models are suggesting there's going to be millions of people that are going to be dying. Um, and of course, yes, there were millions, but nothing at all to what was being projected. And um, so people began questioning and began asking right. questions. And what was fascinating about that is that just the mere asking of a question was seen as something wrong. That okay. th there was suddenly within, within our zeitgeist, the German word, the idea of the context in which we lived, the idea of just asking a question was something you shouldn't do. You should just let the experts tell you uh, what needs to be done. You should be quiet. You should accept it and, and move on. Right. Okay. Um, and, and I was, I was getting concerned on this. I, I, I felt, I felt that no, we, in any given time, we need to be asking questions right. um, in order to, for us to be able to find out what the truth of the matter is. Right. We need to ask questions. Then 
uh, things began happening that uh, was also disconcerting for me was when government began implementing various uh, rules and regulations, lockdowns and so forth. And um, as, as time moved on, we began to recognize that, yes, obviously COVID is real. Yes. Uh, people are dying yes. from it. But, but Yes, tragically. And, and, but, but we began seeing patterns early, early on as to who would be most affected and so forth. Um, and there wasn't any allowance for, um, like for example, you'd have uh, the, the recognition that the elderly, those who had comorbidities and so on, were those who were going to be affected from this disease. And then um, it was like uh, a, a state of fear came upon us as government got more and more control. Now, one of the things that as a student of history I've always been concerned with is that every time government takes on a new power, it generally will hang on to right. it. Right. Right? I mean, let's face it, our own income tax. Yes, uh, yeah, exactly. Perfect. <laughs> I mean, the temporary uh, the, the income tax. The temporary income tax yeah. for World War I, yeah. you know, and just look at how temporary yeah. it is. And, and it's like it's always been this march when it comes to government. Um, and, you know, when we look back and we see society at large and we see the beautiful uh, freedoms that we have in the West, in Canada, in North America, is that this is based on hundreds and hundreds of years of experience of dealing with despotic rulers. Right. That we would, we would say, like, how is it, like, we, we've come to a place, it seems, right now, where we've, we have um, ended up uh, taking everything for granted. Right. You know, we've got freedom of speech and so forth, and we've got all of our freedoms. And then all of a sudden, in a very short period of time, those freedoms are now being curtailed. Right. So um, what, it, there were a number of events that uh, I was uh, struggling with. I was struggling with um, uh, the... Uh, the breakdown in family relationships where people are getting very angry and upset if uh, a person is not vaccinated. Um, um, you know, I mean, I've, I've heard horror stories of, of right. people who are being so mistreated because of, because of their decision and often a conscientious decision. Right. Um, and so there was breakdowns in families. There's breakdowns in society. We, we were uh, early on in the pandemic, my wife and I, we, we give blood on a regular basis and have been until COVID and everything is kind of all messed up now. But regularly every three months or whatever the allowable months are, right. we, would, we would go and give, give blood. And I remember the, you know, as COVID was getting underway, we're standing outside um, you know, it wasn't, it, it was not bad of a day, but it was, it was cool nevertheless. Yes. And so here it is, you have to wait outside until you can go into, um, you know, in the foyer. And then from there you get to go inside and all the rest of it. And my wife was just commenting to me about, um, you know, just like this doesn't make a whole lot of sense or whatever. And someone else in the line took offense with that and saying that this is a first world problem and you should be, you know, and it was like, I, I looked over at her and just mouthed to her, you know, let's just, let's just keep cool. Let's not worry about it. Let's not respond. Right. <laughs> and, and it's just that, that uneasiness. Yes. And, um, and so I, 
as time has gone on and more and more government power has been coming on and then there would be some restrict some relaxation then restrictions again and so forth and and what was interesting is that I have uh, some friends of mine who are epidemiologists and so on and, and uh, they were sharing with me like from the very very beginning that um, you know this is going to go in waves and that that there will be uh, variants that'll come you know right. and, and with these kinds of COVID uh, viruses these are things that we we ultimately are going to have to live with right and um, and yet it seemed like as a society we were saying no we want to get rid of this virus right. and um, it it just didn't make sense to me and and it, it seemed like I was like um, Am I the only one that's a lone that's, voice, uh, yeah. right? Yeah. Like just thinking about it, and for the longest time, I I basically kept my mouth shut, although I'd voice opinion from time to time, and and uh, but as as time went on, and as I saw, you know, more and more restriction on churches, for example, um, I, I became really concerned. Now we've had some pastors and so forth who have been bucking it and right. and they've been receiving all kinds of negative press uh, been uh, called the rogue pastors right. and all of that kind of stuff and and immediately i began thinking about history again oftentimes those who are deemed to be rogue um, uh, have often uh, made great changes right. in the world um, and, and that is not to be flippant with any kind of exactly. uh, policy or anything that's meant to protect people and all of that kind of stuff, but it is to begin to start asking questions. Right. And so as time has gone on, people have been, um, it seemed to me anyhow, a lot less questions are being asked because everyone is just kind of like following the narrative. And so government has a narrative, the experts, uh, media is going along with it and so forth. Um, and um, so some of the events that uh, really uh, burdened me were the concept of the breakdown in the families right. that I saw. Yes. Uh, the breakdown with respect to churches. Churches are literally breaking apart across this yes. country uh, because of these issues. Um, the government refusing to allow people to really be engaged in protest, except for the protests that the government is in favor of. Um, uh, the prime minister made that very clear recently. Um, we've seen um, um, also a vilification of those who have chosen not to be vaccinated. And this came out in the last election in uh, September 2021. And what bothered me with that election, there were several things, but, but was when, when uh, the prime minister stated that uh, people who are unvaccinated are racist, are misogynist, mm. are anti-science. And then he said perhaps the most chilling words, um, how do we, uh, how was it, how, uh, um, sorry, it was uh, something like, um, these people it was uh um, tolerate uh, yeah how do we tolerate, tolerate these people that's that that was it how do we tolerate these people now immediately my back went up um these people these people are actually canadian citizens these people are mothers and fathers and children and brothers and sisters these people are members of churches these people are taxpayers these people i mean Never in the history of our country 
have we had anybody that I'm aware of, other than perhaps you go back in the 19th century where um, maybe indigenous groups were called unflattering terms, but in the modern 21st century right. that we are going to say these people? Right. Uh, immediately I was like, no, this is, this is now going a much step further. Then the other item in the election that really um, was another item of concern for me was when I, when the Prime Minister made the announcement that upon re-election, he was going to take away the charitable status of pro-life groups who were involved in giving what he's figured was disinformation. Mm. Now, this is a prime minister who has labeled a group of people as these people, as racist, misogynist, anti-science, and he was now going to determine who is going to be giving disinformation. Right. At that point, I, I could not stay where I was. Uh, I decided that no, uh, the time has come, for me at least, to get involved in the struggle, uh, to help people wherever I can, to find uh, kindred spirit, as it were, to say, okay guys, what can we do? So I looked at um, a case, uh, and it's been, been in my mind for many, many years. In fact, even when I was in law school, I remember studying the case, and I remember my law school professor uh, talking about the case, and it was a case, uh, the Samur decision uh, in 1953 out of the province of Quebec, and it was decided ultimately by the Supreme Court of Canada. And one of the justices, Justice Ivan Rann, um, was talking about uh, what he called the original freedoms. Okay. And those original freedoms were freedom of speech, okay. freedom of religion, which I have recognized, you know, that is a subset of freedom of conscience. So I use freedom of conscience, but he said freedom of speech, freedom of conscience, and inviolability of the person. Okay. Those, he said, were the, were the original freedoms. Okay. In other words, these freedoms existed before we even had a country. Got it. Okay. So, um, so then as we were talking in our group about, okay, what should we call this organization? Uh, someone uh, piped up, well, and I think it was my wife actually, um, why not say First Freedoms? Wow. And okay. um, uh, so we called it First Freedoms Foundation. And our, our purpose is to basically help the Canadian public again to, to become reacquainted with these first freedoms. Freedom, right. Because with freedom of speech, if we don't have freedom of speech, we can't figure out what, what is up, what is down. Right. We, there are many different people who have many different views and every view is important and every individual should be heard. Yes. We shouldn't be having this type of situation right now uh, where even in the, you know, the big tech industry that they uh, like, even, I should just say that at First Freedoms, we do a lot of interviews with di different people and, and we have uh, some of our videos taken down from, right. from YouTube, right? right? Because we're somehow giving misinformation. Right. And my point is, is that I don't mind speaking with anybody who even has a different view than me. Exactly. You know, because 
It is only through the opportunity to be able to hear the other person that they may in fact educate me in my own opinion right. and that my opinion may change as a result. Well, that's the way it's sort of always been, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, and I know, like, maybe some of our viewers don't know this, but I know that you've been before the Supreme Court arguing these cases, that in this we have a marketplace of ideas and that everyone has to be able to be able to express their ideas. Absolutely. And you fought for that. Yeah. Even for people that have ideas that are contrary to your ideas. Because Absolutely. Because you can't stifle that. Yeah. So let me just, I'm not a legal expert by right. any stretch of the imagination, although I've watched a lot of Matlock. <laughs> uh, but I think it, there's a natural tendency, from what I understand, for government to overreach. Mm. Thus the reason why we have charters and constitutions that limit the behavior of governments. Because it's not to say these are bad people, but the natural tendency of government of is to move towards an overreach. Yep. And so we, so as democracies, from what I understand, we sort of protect the public by establishing these charters that place these limits that, you know what, people have to have the freedom to express themselves. People have, right? right. And so, and it is kind of chilling. It, it is a, a different situation for me as an outsider looking. I mean, I'm, I'm constantly wondering, well, what can I say and what, and what can't I say? And it's that chilling effect that's so... And where do I go? Yeah, you see, exactly. Barry, like, who do I... Yeah. Like, if I feel that my freedom to express myself has been curtailed, mm -hmm. where do I go? Mm -hmm. Like, who do I speak to? Like, who do I say, hey, listen, uh, I, I feel like some of my rights have been infringed upon. Mm -hmm. so that is an issue, like, that's something I think about all the time. Well, and I think we all should be thinking about it. See, what's, what's fascinating is that, again, it comes back to the idea of recognizing that the gift of freedom that we have in our country did not just automatically appear. Right. It has been hundreds of years right. in the making. You know, when you look at the, the situation with um, uh, King John back in 1215 and so forth, where uh, the barons and all of the uh, nobles went uh, to go the war, <laughs> you know, in Runnymede, and finally they said, okay, let's sit down, let's, listen, you will follow, you know, uh, these rules, right? And so we got the Magna Carta. Right. And the idea here is that the absolute power of the king could not do violence hmm. without the rule of law. Right. And, and that principle is one that has come all the way down to right. us. Right. So that whenever you have the, the uh, government, which has the big stick, Right? Let's face it. Yes. Um, you and I could say something uh, that could offend uh, the government officials and all the rest of it. They can make life pretty hard. They can, yes. And we've, we've seen that just recently, right? They can freeze bank accounts, yes. right? Can you imagine? Freeze bank accounts. Okay, so the whole idea was that you limit that power. Right. Right? King John, you better agree to this. Right. That if you are going to do violence to us, It'll only be in accordance with the rule of law. Right. And what's happened? Over the years, uh, the, despot, uh, the despotic uh, rulers, what they did, they, they said, okay, well, 
uh, okay, so we have this rule of law, but now let's, let's change it a little bit. We won't kill you, but we'll torture you. Right. Right? And so then eventually we got to the point, well, no, we're not going to agree to torture either, right? right? And so, you know, uh, cruel and unusual punishment then becomes uh, a recognition of, of the, the rule of law. Right. And that's part of this, uh, the third point is the inviolability of the person, is that you, you can't do violence to the individual. Um, unless you use the rule of law. Right. And uh, you can't imprison somebody right. uh, for long periods of time out of a whim. It must be due process. And we have this. This, is, this has taken us 800 plus years to be able to, to have this great place of freedom that we right. call Canada. Right. It just didn't ju it just happen. happen. Yeah. 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 So, so people are wanting to come here. They're wanting to participate yes, exactly. in this place of freedom. And unfortunately, we've got a lot of people um, who uh, take the view that this is a racist country. Right. This is uh, an unacceptable country. Right. This, this, this country has bad actors in its history. Of course it does. But it's only as we learn from those bad actors that we can pay attention to our present situation and we can say, hey, this is, this is unacceptable, right? right? And, and so when we, so as all of this was going on, <laughs> for me, it was like, okay, you know what? Something's gotta be done here. Right. And so we decided we would start this foundation. And what we're planning to do and what we are doing is we're wanting to re-educate Canadians on these uh, these important principles, the first freedoms, freedom of speech, freedom of conscience, inviolability of the person. And we do that through interviews. So I do a lot of uh, interviews that we have up on our, our, our website. Um, and we have, um, uh, I do a lot of writing. So I do a lot of op-ed type uh, pieces, but I'm also doing academic uh, writing. Um, I'm working on a book right now on conscience, on the mm -hmm. law of conscience in Canada. And um, it, it is important, uh, and, and we, I should also say that we are also uh, looking at, as funds allow, uh, for us to take on cases uh, to support people in maintaining their rights. Mm. Um, you know, I find it amazing that we have situations in Canada right now where even some lawyers are refusing to take cases that are politically incorrect. Mm. Um, and of course, the problem is we're, we're in a society, right, where there's a lot of this cancel culture going on, where, um, you know, if, if, a, if a lawyer is involved in, you know, representing, for example, unvaccinated who've lost their job because of uh, being unvaccinated, then, then there's uh, a situation where people are, uh, so, some law, law firms have told me um, that no, they like uh, they've had people uh, leave um, because they won't take those cases. My goodness. And and that's unheard of, yes. right? Because uh, I remember when I first got into law, my wife said to me, "So Barry, would you represent a uh, someone who committed a crime?" And I said, "Yes. Why? Well, because as we were taught in law school, uh, everybody is entitled." to a fair hearing, right? you know? And it's those kinds of principles we need to come back to and say, hey, you know, 
This is a free country. We need to have the rule of law. I know you got a lot more to say on this. So here's what we're going to do. Okay. We're going to stop our discussion here. Okay. We're going to carry it on as soon as our camera ends. And we're going to make sure we're going to broadcast the continuation of our conversation next week. Okay. Okay. Because I know you've got a lot more to say on this <laughs> and we want to hear you. And so you're not going to lose, you're not going to miss out on anything. We're going to continue our discussion here. We're going to make sure the cameras are rolling and next week you'll be able to, uh, watch the continuation of this discussion. Just before we do, we break, I'd like to have a word of prayer. Sure. Gracious God, loving Heavenly Father, we just place this great nation in your hands, our leaders in your hands. Father, we just pray that you bless us, bless our country, bless our leadership. May this place be the place that you have ordained it to be. Bless each and every viewer that is watching now, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Well, we've come to that moment in our program where we have our special offer. On every broadcast, we'd like to make a resource available to you, and today is no exception. Uh, what we have for you today is this uh, special edition of the Signs of the Times magazine entitled Certainty in an Uncertain World. If you'd like to receive this special edition Signs of the Times magazine, pay very close attention to the information we're about to provide you. To receive today's free offer, you can log on to the Lessons for Living television website, www.l4ltv.com, www.l4ltv.com. You can also write us at Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlon Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G 0A3. That's Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlon Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G 0A3. If you live in Canada, this offer will be sent out to you free and postage paid. For viewers living outside of Canada, shipping charges will apply. If you wish, you could order this offer by calling our 1-800 number at 1-800-972-0337. 1-800-972-0337. Well, we've come to the end of another Lessons for Living television program. Thank you so much for watching. Barry, let me thank you for uh, joining us and providing these important insights. And uh, folks are going to see us next week again. We're going to be wearing probably the same clothes yeah. because we're just going to continue <laughs> our conversation and make sure we capture it on tape so that they can see that. But uh, we look forward to having you again with us next week. Yeah. My pleasure. How can we get in contact with the uh, First Freedoms Foundation? Uh, firstfreedoms.ca firstfreedoms.ca. We're going to place a, a link okay. on our website also under the previous programs. Mm -hmm. So they'll be able to watch this program and right underneath there'll be a button and they can connect directly to you. Right. That's what Thank you. we'll yep. make that available. Okay. Uh, remember to uh, visit our website, l4ltv.com. Follow us on social media. Every morning, 6.30 a.m. Eastern Time, I put out on Instagram a short one-minute devotional video. Great way to begin your day with your mind focused on things of heaven. Like our Facebook page, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, an audio version of this program is available on SoundCloud. You can download it and you can take it with you. You can share it with your friends. Very important information. We try to make it available to you through all of the different social media uh, channels. Also remember to visit our missionnowcanada.com website 
which is the humanitarian overseas work that our organization also does. Check that out. We are hoping to uh, schedule an overseas mission trip for later on this year. Visit our website, missionnowcanada.com, to get the latest information on any upcoming trips. Well, we're all out of time. We look forward to being back with you again next week as we continue our discussion with Dr. Bussey. We hope you'll join us. We'll see you then. God bless you.